Turn to Proverbs chapter 17. This could be a challenging night. I'm already starting to drink the water before we start, so we'll see how we go. Um, I'm going to take a correction there. We're going to go to Proverbs 27. Keep you on your toes. Proverbs 27, verse 17. The topic I am about to speak to you tonight about is always, I feel, preached to teens. And though um, it's probably an area because that they are preached to them because they struggle with it, but um, it's also an area that adults can falter in as well. And I feel that we get to a point where we think, well, I've arrived in this area, but it's something that we always have to keep at the forefront because uh, it is an area that we can uh, lose control of and uh, find a danger in this area. And that is in the area of friendships. Uh, it says in verse 17, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Dear Heavenly Father, it is good to... Uh, have your word encourage us. Lord, I pray that the, the thoughts, uh, Lord, maybe even the arguments would be founded and grounded in Scripture. Uh, God, that it would not be my opinions. Uh, if it's just my debate, uh, Lord, uh, it will do no good. So we ask, God, that you would uh, use Scripture and you would use the power from your word and that uh, you would uh, just... Let out what you want from my speech tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Iron sharpeneth iron. Um, the, uh, it, it says iron sharpeneth iron. It doesn't say iron sharpeneth wood. Um, though, if you have a sword or a knife, right guys, you can sharpen wood with your knife. And it can work and be very effective. I, there was a, um, a wooden sword that was carved and had different angles that Pastor Calabretta had. And he said that it was a particular uh, sword that a, a group, a clan, uh, hundreds of years ago used as a weapon. And they got to the point where that weapon was so uh, deadly that... Uh, it became just as uh, powerful for that group of people who used that sword uh, because they, they used it in a way, uh, they would, they would you know, use it like a karate chop on the collarbone. That's going to break. Uh, you know, and they would uh, puncture it through rib cages and with the right wood, it's going to be effective. But it doesn't say that here. It says, iron sharpeneth iron. And... Uh, tonight we're going to look at this thought, this concept, and see how friendships are distinguished. Uh, iron friendships are distinguished by the quality of the material. Iron friendships are distinguished by the quality of the material. Uh, it is not by the quality of the age. Um, 
you know, you don't have to have an age to have a sharpened uh, object. Uh, matter of fact, uh, sometimes with iron, uh, the, 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 the longer the age, sometimes it can be a better quality. Uh, it can, it can uh, be strong. The um, Scottish claymores, you know, they're, they're quite a few hundred years old, and yet uh, I would not want to put myself in harm's way of one as it's lashing across my face. Why? Because it still has power. Um, it can do some damage to me. Why? Because uh, of the quality uh, of the material. You know, the environment. Uh, the, uh, the, the environment of it. You know, we've, we've got to be careful. We say, well, um, my friend goes to church. Okay, and your point. <laughs> you like that? Your point? Iron sharpened with iron? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just because they go to church does not mean they're going to be a good friend. I found the, the uh, worst friend in Bible college. You know, I failed some classes with my worst friend in Bible college. And we're going to get to that in a second. Um, so it's not the place, the environment, that is important. Um, the, uh, and, and again, you know, then we say, well, this one's really far out there, and I don't know where they get this thinking, but they say, well, you know, um, the quality of friendship at church is just so hypocritical, so my friend is lost. Mind blow. <laughs> Brain cells just start popping and exploding in my head when I think that one. Wow. Uh, unequally yoked. Uh, you know, if that's good enough for marriage, um, in friendships, we better be careful. Uh, yes, you have to work with people. You have to, but uh, you're not going to get the, the sharpening from a, um, a thought that may be um, against scriptures. Uh, a thought that um, is not even on the same level with how to get to heaven. Um, and we can just argue this endlessly. We're, that's not our point here. The point is that the quality of the material has to be uh, of the right order. The, uh, most of the time I find that... Uh, the, the material is opposite in nature. When I, look at, when I look at the life of Jonathan and David, uh, it makes me wonder who the mercy side was. And, and I'm going to look at some thoughts on this here in a second. Um, but Jonathan was an encourager. He encouraged his armor bearer to let's rise up and let's, let's do some damage in this Philistine camp. Ah, I like it. Uh, you know what? He's encouraging. Uh, he comes in. David is this uh, shepherd uh, that uh, uh, comes into the kingdom. He says, hey, follow me. Join me. Come here. i got to show you something. Uh, he's right there to be an encourager. Um, opposites 
are good friendships. Look around this, this room, you see a lot of opposites in marriages. Why? Because they connect. They sharpen each other, don't they? Um, they help each other. Uh, they encourage one another. Um, you know, one's organized, the other's not, and they're, they're good for each other. Why? Uh, because if they were both the same, it could be a problem. Um, you've got, uh, you know, one that thinks mathematically and one that's, you know, more artsy in nature. Uh, you know, art or uh, what? They, they connect with each other. Um, they combine. They, the quality is there. They, they help one another. Go to uh, 1 Samuel 20 in verse 1. A challenge for you. Do you hear and give rebukes to your friend? Do you hear and give rebukes to your friend? You say, you know, we, um, that's what I like is, you know, we, we don't have to do that stuff. We just, you know, um, we just have fun together and, you know, if you can't give a rebuke or hear a rebuke from your friend, um, that friend might not be worth their salt. They might not be the right kind of friend for you. Uh, it says in 1 Samuel 20, verse 1, it says, And David fled from there to, in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father? And he seeketh my life. What's David doing here? Hey, tell me something here. Uh, whether it's right or wrong, I need to hear it. Uh, what's David saying? If I need to be rebuked, rebuke me. <laughs> rebuke me. Um, and he was willing to take that rebuke. Why? Uh, first of all, Jonathan earned the audience with David to be able to rebuke him if he needed to. Uh, but secondly, Jonathan was willing to give David what he needed to help him spiritually grow to what God wanted in his life. So iron friendships are distinguished by the quality of the material. And uh, they will be developed. Uh, why? Because the iron will sharpen each other. And it comes through the rebukes. If uh, you say, well, you know, I can't talk to that person because, you know, I just, I, they won't listen. Well, um, then shame on them in their friendship, but shame on us if we can't be willing to give a rebuke because we don't care enough as a friend to tell them. But it also shows, um, shows friendliness. Uh, go to Proverbs 18.24. Proverbs 18.24. While you're turning there, it, uh, I want to look at a couple of verses here. Uh, while you're going there, I'm going to read verse 1 of chapter 18. It says, And it came to pass that he made an end of speaking unto Saul, and the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him no more uh, home to his father's house. Mind you, this is right after he killed Goliath. So what's Saul saying? I'm going to take this guy. He's, he's popular now. 
and uh, I'll bring him in, uh, maybe mold him to what he wants, uh, but uh, he likes the fact that people follow him, and maybe they'll follow Saul as well. But it says, And Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And uh, it says in verse 4, And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments and his sword and his bow and his girdle. Uh, Jonathan initiates some friendliness here. Now, friendliness does not guarantee a friendship. It does not guarantee a friendship. But a friendship is guaranteed with friendliness. Oh, let me say that again slowly. (laughs) Uh, A friendliness does not guarantee a friendship. But a friendship is always guaranteed with friendliness. It's always backed up with friendliness. Um, The reason why that friendship is established is through friendliness. A man that hath friends, I think I said 1 Samuel, uh, it was Proverbs 18.24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. You know, um, We've got to have some initiation here. Uh, Iron sharpeneth. You know, that sharpening is not an enjoyable move. And I know there's a lot of people here today that would probably be the first one to put your hand up and say, yes, I'm that person that would love to just kind of be in the corner and just enjoy watching everyone else. Because I don't want to speak. I don't even want to talk to people. I don't even like people right? Uh, uh, I'll just even sit in the car. Uh, Why? Because it's more enjoyable. It's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. But it's commanded. It's commanded. It's commanded to shave off not only maybe somebody else's struggles, but our own. (laughs) You know what that puts us? That puts us in an insecure, invulnerable, wow, I can't even say the word, vulnerable environment. <laughs> it puts ourselves out there for everyone to see and laugh at us when we can't even say the word vulnerable. Right? Why? Because it's uncomfortable. How are we doing? Because that, when we do that, will change the quality of the material. Iron friendships are distinguished by its security through the creator of the iron, not in another's, another iron's material. Let me say that again. Iron friendships are distinguished by its security through the creator of the iron. You know, the blacksmith is the one that smashes down and molds and works that iron. He, he, he smashes it and he beats it down and works it over and over. And you know what? The security of that iron is found in the blacksmith and how good he shapes it. It's not found in the um, necessarily, yes it is in the material, but it's not found in, in uh, matching up with that iron with wood. That iron with hay. That iron with uh, rope and twine. You know what? They, they find the security in the blacksmith. 
and what he does in taking those irons and putting them together and making a stronger piece, a stronger sword. And I've seen knives where they, they've layered iron after iron, steel after steel, and they've layered it into that, that iron and then heated it up. And they've put it together. Well, I wouldn't dare do something like that. Why? It would probably look like a fish scale and just flake off if I tried to do that. But I'll trust in a blacksmith who knows what he's doing. You know what? Sometimes we put more worship and stock in our friendships than we do in the creator of that friendship. What do I mean? Because when we don't have one, we go ballistic. We go nuts. And we, we can look at teenagers to be like, you need to grow up. But then we flip out and we're so insecure when we don't have that one person that we can confide in and just belch out all of our problems and they just listen to us and they understand us and well, you know what? We have a God who's there for us. And what He wants for us first and foremost is to put our trust in Him and Him alone. And you know what? Usually when we are willing to do that first, then... He comes. You know when you know when this friendship established? This, uh, this friendship with David and Jonathan. You know when it established? It established after Jonathan defeated a garrison of Philistines. It established after David killed Goliath. It established after they put their trust in their God. You know what? You know what I'm going to do with you boys? We're going to to connect you guys. You need to get together. You need a little uh, encouragement. You know, sometimes maybe the reason why God hasn't given us that close friend that we want, that knitted closer than a brother friendship, maybe it's because he wants that knit first. He wants that draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto thee. (laughs) Friendship first. He wants that walking with God before we can fight together with our friend. <laughs> How are we doing there? It says in uh, verse, uh, go to uh, 1 Samuel 14. 1 Samuel 14. Here's Jonathan with his young man, and uh, they're about to go and, and fight this garrison. And Jonathan said to the young man in verse 6, that bear his armor, come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or, or by few. You know what? Uh, hey, armor bear, I'm getting bored. Let's go see if God will work for us, and we can have some fun in the process killing some Philistines. Sounds like a great plan. I remember, okay, you know, sure, let's do it. Uh, you know, and so off they go, and we find in um, verse 10, it says, But if they say, Come up unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord hath delivered them into our hand. And it says in verse 12, I like this verse, And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan in his armor bearer and said, Come up to us, and we will show you a thing. What's that? Bring it. Come on. You want to fight? That's what they're saying. Jonathan, I can just see Jonathan and, and his armor be like, they said what I think they said. 
oh yeah, writing, yeah. And, and I can just, I don't know, I get this vision of, you know, these guys are just, really? They went there, yeah. They just called us chicken, yeah. That's what they called us. Did you hear it? Yeah, yeah, I heard it, Jonathan. All right, you know what this means. They're going to have to die. I, I know. I feel kind of bad, but we're going to do this right now. You know? And off they go, and um, they show them a thing or two. Um, and they, they rise up and say, Come after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. The Lord. Um, Jonathan didn't trust in his armor bearer, holding his armor. He didn't even trust in his own skill, but he did trust in the Lord. David, um, we find in uh, chapter 17, in verse 46, it says, uh, David's talking to Goliath, and he says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air. Yes, this is called smack talk. And to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then it says in verse 47, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will put you into our hands. What he's saying here is, in the Greek, you're going down. <laughs> and God is going to help me, right? Uh, boy, there's some confidence there, but it's their confidence is in their God. You know what? We can always find security. Listen to that. We can always find our security in the one that created us. The blacksmith knows what he's doing when he's shaping us. And you know what's exciting? He shapes us and there's, there is a shaping of someone else. While Jonathan didn't have a clue yet, maybe even who David was, He's fighting these Philistines, and he's killing them off. And later on, we see in a few a day or a week or a couple weeks or even a couple months, we find that David fights Goliath all on his own, by himself. And he's, he's fighting Goliath. And God's just shaping these guys. He's just shaping these friendships so that when they get together, there's going to be a, an encouragement you know why? Because the Lord knows that there's going to be a day down the road that's going to be a little harder than the garrison. When Jonathan finds his father cursing him because David's not in his seat where he belongs. And David's questioning why the king is after him and they're going to need that friendship. You know, um, we've got to do our part to prepare for that friendship that God has, and that friendship might not be for right now. Can we take security in that? Sometimes we put our, our security in friendships a little too deep. And God says, you know what, you, you need to find me again. <laughs> These men, these boys, they, they knew where their, where their security lied. It didn't rely on the materials that were coming together. 
the, the iron on top of the iron, the sharpening of the sharpening of the iron. It, it was secure in the blacksmith. It was the one that was molding them and shaping them to be what God wanted them in their life. Thirdly, iron friendships are distinguished by the fires you can relate with. By the fires you can relate with. You know what? If you take some wood and you try to throw it into the fire, it's going to burn. Uh, you throw rope into the fire, it's going to burn. Hey, it's going to burn. Iron, it's going to get hotter. It's going to get stronger. Why did he throw those boys into the garrison? Why did he have David go against Goliath to get him stronger. Get him stronger. And when they came together, they had something that was worth something. I remember growing, growing up, I've told this to the teens often, that through high school, it seemed like every year I would get attached to a friend, they would, they would leave. I'm like, wow. Start smelling myself, you know. Is there something wrong with me? Uh, uh, the, uh, I, you know, they'd go to another school. Um, uh, one would just move out of the area. Uh, one was disgruntled with the church. I'm like, great. Uh, it just seemed one after another, like four or five different friends in about six, seven years. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then I went to a, another school. I found a friend and, and thought so and tell them some things, and then all of a sudden it was around the whole school. I'm like, wow, that was great. You're right there for me, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I'm like, and, and God's saying, ding-a-ling-ling, hello, I'm here for you. Uh, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother, uh, anytime. Uh, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I get the point. Uh, he had to teach me some things along the way. When I got to college, I, uh, my freshman year, I started hanging with a guy that we, uh, I don't know, he had red hair and I don't know, it was just, it was a mess. We, uh, we, were, we were tall, lanky, skinny. I mean, it, we were almost too alike. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, it wasn't like we were doing anything wrong. It was just, we didn't make, it just at the end of the year, at the end of the semester, I had failed more classes than I had past, and I thought, you know what, There's, there, might be a, there might be a connection here. It might not just be because I struggle with school. It might be some other things here. And I realized that I had a, fre a friend and a freshman that I needed to refrain from. Not stop my friendliness, stop my time with. L lessen my time with. Because it wasn't the right quality that God was looking for. Uh, things went by. Time went by. Second year, I, I can remember. Uh, I went into school, and now I'm stuck in the same room with the guy. I'm like, Lord, you know this is not going to end well. This is not a good move. Uh, uh, this is not going to work. And I, I've surrendered this, and now you've got me in the same room. And then all of a sudden the, uh, the, the dorm dad comes through and says, uh, listen, there's been a change. Got some more students. You're moving out of that room. You're going into this room. 
And um, that room became that room became the room that uh, the room uh, the uh, the dorm dad from the dorm either was leaving our room laughing, shaking, or shaking his head. <laughs> uh, so uh, it it was a uh, a room that both those those guys ended up be, being in my wedding, and um, it, it, they were good friends. They were good help. But by my senior year, I had some friends where. Uh, I remember one Wednesday, uh, we had the day off, and I had to, I had to get this, this test done. And I said, you know, I've got to get this test done. And that friend said, uh, why don't you come home with me? Uh, he was, he, it was harvest time, and, and he was a farmer. I'm like, harvest? I mean, seriously? No, I'll just stay here. I'll stay in the dorm. I'll study my test. And uh, we're not going to get anything done. He goes, listen, we will, get, we will pass this test come home. You know you're not going to get anything done here. You're just going to have people asking you for haircuts, and then you're going to have people help, wanting you to help them with this project or that. I'm like, okay, you do make a good point. So off I went. Uh, he's under a car, and we're going over this test. Uh, and uh, it was the, um, everything that we had to learn about the autonomy of the church. And the test was you just had to regurgitate every note that the, lecture, that the teacher lectured on that entire um, th- like three weeks. And so we, he's under a truck and, and we're going over these notes. And then uh, he had to take a truck and, and dump off some, I think, lima beans or something, I don't know. And uh, we, <laughs> off we went and we're going over our notes. And then he jumps into the, the combine and we're going over our notes. And I got in there and uh, I am very slow in test taking. And I was like the first, like seven, seven uh, people to finish. I thought, oh man, what did I miss? This is not good. And it was my first and only 100 that year. Um, I remember at Thanksgiving, I had like five projects. And another friend said, come home for Thanksgiving. We'll get those projects done. And he was on me. He'd go to work, come back. You done yet? Are you almost? I'm like, I'm working on it, okay? Uh, And uh, it was challenging. But you know what? Uh, We got it done. I remember another friend. We, uh, that same senior year, um, I remember he had, he had uh, uh, crashed his truck uh, doing his paper route. I said, all right, we're, let's go. Let's go do the paper route together. And uh, because I knew he was the kind of friend that would do the same for me. Uh, I was in each and every one of those guys' wedding, and to this day, all three of those guys are pastors serving the Lord. Last I heard from the friend that I refrained from, went in the military, and his marriage relationship is a mess. You know what? Um, Each one of those other guys I've prayed with, with problems we went through at at college, and and even to this day, uh, we talk and we... We, we text about different things that are challenging, that are going on. Hey, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Uh, I get texts on Sunday mornings, praying for you as you preach. Uh, have a good day in God's house. Um, what is that? That's called being able to distinguish by the fires you can relate with. But those fires are hot. And sometimes it means you've got to say no to some things. Sometimes you have to uh, get away from things that you would enjoy. You know, the fires come in waves. 
It wasn't always bad for David. There was moments with King Saul. Hey, have a wedding with my daughter. Oh, that sounds great. And then all of a sudden, the next day, he's trying to kill him. And then things kind of subside a little. It, It came in waves. The fire also has different heat intenses. Why? Because it's strengthening the iron. The iron is stronger after the fire. You know, sometimes God wants us to go through those, though, alone so that we can come together with those friends. And it comes at different times. Are we willing, though, to wait for when that friend comes? You know, that insecurity says, i got to have one now. i got to always have one. Oh, oh, I, I'm falling apart. I need someone to talk to. You know, God's there to talk to. And then when the time comes, he'll give you the right friend. But sometimes we have to refrain and, and have a little wisdom and say, you know what? That friend doesn't sharpen me the right way. That friend doesn't... Really, I I haven't seen a lot of fires that I've been going through. And that friend's not really going to be a good one for me. I have more fun than I do fires. (laughs) Lastly, iron friendships are distinguished by vision. Go to 1 Samuel 31.3. This is a sad day for Israel. This is the day that the battle went sore against Saul. Verse 3 of 1 Samuel 31. And the archers hit him, and he was sore wounded of the archers. Verse 6. So Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men that same day together. Go with me to uh, verse 17 of 2 Samuel 1. It says here, And David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan his son. Also he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. What was it that Jonathan gave him? <laughs> Look at... Uh, 1 Samuel 18.4, we looked at that, and Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow. He learned that the Philistines had an advantage because of the bow. So what did David do? You know what? My, my friend had some vision here. This is going to be the next age of battle a new line of battle, we're going to need the bow. (laughs) I think we're going to start incorporating the bow in the use of battle. Where do you learn that from? You learn that from the vision of a friend who practiced, who used the bow. He said, hey, uh, remember when he says... um, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go with uh sit with my father. We're going to we're going to have the feast and then uh, I I will send my lad and I'm going to I'm going to hit that bow. And he's using that bow. What is he doing? He's constantly practicing with the bow. Why? He saw a vision. He saw some vision with the use of the bow. What kind of vision do your friends have? Are they battling for right? 
you know, I'm all for different vocations of, you know, dreams of what you want to do. But are those dreams directed for what you can do for God with them? Or are they just, look at what I'm going to accomplish? What kind of friends do you have? Do they have visions for God? It says, um, you know, do your friendships with particular people make you better or stale? Here, this idea of the bow started being incorporated in all Judah. It made their fighting unit stronger. Look at... Um, Verse 13 of 1 Samuel 20. 1 Samuel 20. Jonathan challenged his friend with mercy, which created a well-balanced king. 1 Samuel 20, verse 13, it says, The Lord do so and much more to Jonathan, but if it please my father to do the evil, then I will show it thee and send thee away, that thou mayest go in peace, and the Lord be with thee as he hath been with my father. And thou shalt not only while yet I live show me the kindness of the Lord that I die not, but also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, every one from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemies. Go to 2 Samuel 21. Next, uh, 2 Samuel 21. And as you know, at this time, the, the enemies are subsiding from David because he's wiped most of them all out. But it says here, then there was a famine in the days of David, three years. It's a long time. Year after year. And David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, it is for Saul, for his bloody house, because he slew the Gibeonites. Gibeonites, 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 Gibeonites. Uh, Joshua, and he made a league with the, who? The Gibeonites? Uh, it says, And the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but the remnant of the Amorites. And the children of Israel had sworn unto them. And Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. There was a problem. Verse 3, Wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? Let's get this thing taken care of. And wherewith shall I make the atonement that he may bless that ye may bless the inheritance of the Lord. Skip down to verse 6. Let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us, and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because the Lord's oath was that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. You know what he did? He challenged his friend with mercy, and when the time came, years later, <laughs> he showed some mercy and was a well-balanced king. 
Why? Because he had a friend when he died, before he died, that had some vision. Had some vision. Do you have some iron friendships that have vision? You know, when that blacksmith's working over that iron, um, that, that iron is going to be used as a tool, and he wants to make sure it's strong. He wants to make sure that it's under the fire. He wants to make sure that the, the iron sharpens iron so that it can handle the battle. saw a commercial about the Marines and how this raw piece of iron, it just shows this sword being displayed and, and being hit and being into the fire and, and how it's, it's got the, the sweat and the strength underneath it. And then it says, the few, the proud, the Marines. And it brings up the sword. <laughs> I like that. You know what uh, God wants? God wants us to see some vision of what we can do for Him. How are you? How are you? How are your friendships? Are they wood friendships? Are they hay, stubble? Do they go up in flames? You say, this is, this is for the team. No, this might be for you. Might be for you. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. Doesn't matter the age. You could have a 75-year-old friend that doesn't have the character because they don't have the quality of the material. But you could have a 19-year-old that has the quality of the material. What am I saying? Iron friendships are distinguished by the quality of the material, by the security of the creator, not by the material. Iron friendships are distinguished by the fires that you can relate to and by the vision. How about you? How's your friendships tonight? Are they founded? Are they grounded in the right direction? Dear Heavenly Father, you know the hearts. I'm not going to continue anymore, Lord. You do your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's have every 